0: So good evening everyone. <coughs> Hi. So today we are going to be um, moving back a few hundred pages and uh, or 150 pages or so. <coughs> and we are going to be doing the Haskamas and the Hakdama Titania. Haskamas are the approbations endorsements, you might want to say, to Tanya. And then when we finish that, either today or by next year, we'll be doing the Hakedama to Tanya, the Alter Rebbe's forward to Tanya. So although we finished entire Tanya, but we didn't do, we didn't do this um, when we started. So I figured to have a Dabr HaShalom, to have something complete, so we're going to do this also. <coughs> so Alter Rebbe published Tanya in the year 1796. It was published, the Tanya was published on Chav Kislev. Chav Kislev of Tafs Chuvtun We know that the, the yard site of the Alter Rebbe's teacher, the Magid of Mezrich, his yard site is Utes Kislev. And the Alter Rebbe had hoped that the Sefer would be published for Utes Kislev, but it came a day late. Chav Kislev was when it was published. And two years later, the Alter Rebbe was put into prison. And the Alter Rebbe was released on Yutaz And actually, we know that the Alter Rebbe was in prison for exactly 53 days. That's how long his arrest lasted for him. They say that the 53 days was one day for every single Pairik and Tanya. The 53 Prakim and Tanya. So for every Perek and Tanya, the Alter Rebbe sat in prison for one day. But the Tanya was... The product of many years of work of the Alter Rebbe, and as we'll see a little more, especially the Alter Rebbe writes in his Hakdama, in his uh, foreword, which we're going to, which we're going to learn, the reasons why the Alter Rebbe wrote Tanya. The Alter Rebbe starts off Tanya. If you look at the title page, there's no page number, so I can't give you a page number. But if you look at the title page, <coughs> right over there, yeah, <coughs> yes, yes, the title page. So, Alter Rebbe says, this is a sefer called the Kuti Amarim. Kuti Amarim is a compilation of uh, of ideas, of sayings. Cheyla Grish, in the first part, Hanikra B'Shem Sefer Shalbeinim, which is called the Sefer Shalbeinim. We're going to go through the title page somewhat quickly, because that we did do. It's already, um, it's in the, it's on the record. And Alter Rebbe says, me sfarim, me that this sefer was collected from different sfarim and from different scribes, Kedoshih Elyeh Nishmasim Edim, holy people of blessed memory. al incredible humility. If you wouldn't know better, you would think that Tanya is just a, it's a collection. You know, like today, it's very popular. There's so many Sfarim out there. A collection on this topic, and a collection on another topic. So al also, he made a collection. You wouldn't realize how much original thought, and how much uh, the, the incredible and that went into Tanya. And it's miyusa dal pasuk. The whole tanya is based on the pasuk. So you, say, you know, the before he passed away, he turns to the Yidden and he tells the Yidden that uh, I know that over the past forty years I gave you the Torah and I gave you many mitzvahs, and I want you to know that kikarveilecha, all of this, the whole, everything I gave you is very practical. It's very relevant. It's something that. Um, don't think that it's too difficult to do Don't think that it's impossible. And Dr. Rebbe says, Levayat we have to explain this well. You know, on an academic level, you, you could say, sure, Hashem gave us 613 mitzvahs, we have a Torah. We have all the things that we have to do and the things that we're allowed to do and the things that we're not allowed to do. On an academic level, on a theoretical or abstract level, that all sounds great. But practically speaking, is it kare Is it something that's practical and accessible and doable for every single one of us to follow all the mitzvot of the Torah? So no. <laughs> says this entire sefer is going to be devoted to explaining this pasuk because we all know all the internal struggles that we have in life. We all know how difficult it is to follow everything that the Torah says, and nevertheless, Moshe Rabbeinu comes to us and tells us ki kare ve'lecha. You can do it. You can do it. As the Pesuk in beforehand says, Lei It's not in the heaven. Lei me'i it's not across the sea. It's something which you can actually do. And this entire Sefer is going to demonstrate and show to us how it's possible to do it. And the al says, I'm going to explain it. I'm going to explain it in a way that's long and that is short. It's a long, short way. And very, uh, very in brief. The Gemara tells us a story that there was once a Tanah, his name was of Yeshua ben Hanania. And he was once outside a city, walking towards the city, and he wasn't familiar with the, with the area. And there's a fork in the road, and he's trying to get to the city. And he sees there a child, and he asks the child, which way should I go if I want to get to the city? So the child says, we see that way. That way is short and long, and you see the other way, that way is long and short. Speaking in riddles. So um, he didn't know what to do, so he first he went in the way that was short and long. So he went and it was Taka a very short way to the city, but as he got very near the city he saw that it was blocked, there was a field it was filled with thorns and with the thickets and bushes and it was not it, was, it would have been a very difficult way to get through. So he went back and he took the other way. And the other way it was a longer way, it was more roundabout, but it was a straight but it was not a straight way, but it was an easy easy way to go. So sometimes you can have something which is short, but it's but it's long. and Sometimes you can have something long, but it's short. Al-Tarebbe says, the path that I'm going to give you here in Tanya, the path in Avodis Hashem, the path to serve Hashem, is long and short. Meaning, it's not necessarily the quickest path. But when you take the path I'm going to give you, it's going to take you some time. It's, it's a long path, but it's the shortest and smoothest way to arrive at your destination. And that is the path that Al-Tarebbe outlines in Tanya, the path of Chabad. The path of using one's mind to influence the emotions, which in turn influences a person's makshavadibra maisha, thought, speech, and action. So that's the mission statement that Alter Rebbe gives of the Sefer. The mission statement is al Alter Rebbe recognizes that life isn't easy, and doing what we're supposed to isn't easy, and doing what Hashem wants of us isn't easy. Nevertheless, Maitre Rabbeinu tells us, and by the way, kikar v'elecha doesn't mean it's easy, but it means it's practical, something that can be done. And the al Rebbe says, here, I'm going to explain to you how it can be done. Before the Alte went to print with the Sefer, he sent off the Sefer, which was ready to be published, he sent it off to two of his colleagues to get a Haskama. Today we have, very often, you open up a Sefer, you have a Haskama, a person who says, I saw... I saw the content of the Sefer, and it's wonderful, and it's worthy to be printed. In the olden days, as we shall see, a Haskamah served two purposes. It was also an endorsement of the Sefer, but we'll see there was another important purpose that haskamas had, as, we'll see as we see as, as we proceed. But um, before we start reading the haskamas, just a little note to give a little context. The Alter Rebbe, when he actually, when he started writing Tanya, so as he wrote every few prakim, he released it to the Chassidim. It wasn't printed, but it was released, in, uh, and and was copied. Copies were made, and it was distributed amongst Chassidim, and it was known as kuntresim. Kontresim means booklets. So every few prakim, the Alter Rebbe would, uh, would uh, he would um, issue a booklet which was spread out amongst the different Chassidim. Yes. Was it said as a mamar? It was also said as mamarum, yes. And at, over, over a course of a few years, over a course of around three years, the Alter also said it. And it was also written up, and after all the contresion were finished, the Alter for reasons that we'll talk about soon, the Alter Rebbe then reworked the entire thing to have the final version that we have today. There actually, we have existing earlier versions of Tanya. And there are some substantive changes in the different versions of Tanya. So after the Alter Rebbe finished, he reworked the entire thing. Well, I mean, the, the core of Tanya remains the same, but there are significant differences. Two parakim, actually, two complete chapters were added to the final version. And once the Alter Rebbe had the sefer ready for print, he sent off the sefer to two of his colleagues. One of them is famous. His name was Rabbi Zusha of An-Napoli. I'm sure you've heard of him. And the other one is Rabbi Yehuda Leib Hakoyhim. Both of them were students of the Magid of Mezrich, so colleagues of the Alter Rebbe. Both of them lived in the city of Anapoli. In fact, I don't know if anyone here was ever in the city of Anapoli. In the city of Anapoli, everyone knows Rabbi Zosha of Anapoli, that everyone heard of. But if you go to Anapoli, there is a hole, and there are three big tzaddikim who are buried there. And one is Rabbi Zush of Anapoli, and the other is the Magid of Mesritch, who apparently passed away in Anapoli. And the other is Rabbi Yehuda Leib Hakoyim. And according to Masayra, the Alter Rebbe was very close to both Rebzush of Anapoli and Rabbi Huddleyib Rabbi Leib was an incredible scholar in his own right. He authored Tzfarim also, called, I think a sefer is called Oyer HaGonuz. And um, when the, when the, when the, um, the Maggit passed away in Annapoli, the only three students, the four, sorry, the four students who were there when he passed away were the Alter Rebbe, Reb Zush of Rabbi Bakoyin, and the Maggid's son, Rabbi From the Malach. They were the four that were there. And in fact, according to the Mesoira, according to the tradition, right before he passed away, the Maggid turned to Rabbi Yehudu and said to him, you're a Koyim. So, you're going to be together with me when I pass away. Because the Pasuk says, the lips of a Koyim guard Das, and the Magi said, "I am from the world of Das, and therefore you'll be together with me." And they're buried together, and and Reb Anapoli. And uh, it's said that Alter Rebbe said that he has three very, very, very close and dear friends: Reb of Anapoli, Rabbi Huda Leibakoyen, and Ramardachai of Chernobyl. That's what that's what the saying is. Alter Rebbe sent the um, the sefer with a special uh, special. Um, Shliach, an emissary, sent it off to the city of Annapolis, and he delivered the Sefer, the transcript, to these two great Sadiqim. And, a- and asking for a haskama, asking for an endorsement for the Sefer. And as the story goes, that the Shliach delivered to each one in their house. And Abzusha sat down and started reading the Sefer. And Yehuda Leib Hakoyan sat down in his house and started reading the Sefer. And both of them, they got so excited over the Sefer that each one decided they need to go to visit the other one, and to share with them how excited they are about the Sefer. And they met, and they rode in the middle, and with their great excitement in hislavus, the expression is that the whole city of Anapoli was, was, uh, was burning in flames with their hislavus, with their excitement. So here we have um, the Haskamis, which is on page four. And we're going to do first the Haskam of Rabzush of Anapoli, again, who is a very uh, very famous figure. We know that the Muzicha Shemaget had many students many of whom were incredible, incredible goinim. You had some uh, who authored. I mean, first of all, the Alter Rebbe who wrote the, the Shulchan Arach, was known as uh, an incredible goinim. And you had uh, many great rabbanim. you had the Bal HaFla, Reb Pinchas, who was the Rav in Frankfurt. And you had his brother, Rebbe Shmalka of Nicholsburg. And many, I believe, Yitzhak Baraditshev, who was the Rav in the city of many great goinim. And Rebbe Zusha was known more for his incredible Avedis Hashem and for his simplicity. Although, Although, the Alter Rebbe once said about him that he is a Goin amiti, a true Goin. And he explained, why am I saying that he's a Goin amiti? Why is he a true, uh, true goyin? So he said that once he was sitting and arguing, not arguing, that he was talking with her, Yitzhak of Raditchev about a certain Rambam. He couldn't make sense of a Rambam. It seemed that it wasn't uh, consistent with the way Halacha should have been. And they're discussing with each other. And um, comes along to Abzusha and says, What's bothering you? So they told him what's bothering him. So he went off and he came back a short while later and he told him the answer. And they, were, they both uh, were incredibly nispoiled, in incredibly moved by the amazing answer that he gave. They even went and told their maggid about it and he was uh, very impressed. So, how did Abzusha do this? So it is known that when Abzusha encountered something they didn't understand in a safer, so he would sit down, he would start crying, and he would say, Zushef Arshtetnosh, Zushef Arshtetnosh, doesn't understand. And he would cry until he would fall asleep, and when he'd fall asleep, the author of the Sefer would come and explain to him the meaning. So he fell asleep, and the Rambam came to him in a dream, and told him the meaning. So afterwards, he went over to the, to the Alter Rebbe and Treblevitz Rabaditchev and told him the pshat. So the Alter Rebbe said, that's a goyin amiti, that's a true going, Because when we say a pshat in Rambam, maybe it's true, maybe it's not true. But when he's saying a pshat, it's something which, um, which he, yeah, which he heard directly from um, from the rabbi himself. In <laughs> fact, exactly. it's another story about R' That there was once a person. Again, I don't remember exactly the issue that he was experiencing. But he was issuing a certain, a certain uh, something was wrong with the person. I don't remember what. And they went to Rabbi Zusha. I'm, remar- I'm not remembering the story. Well, I wasn't prepared to say the story. They went to him and he said there's certain, a certain remedy what to do. If I remember correctly he said that maybe there's a cross somewhere in the house or something of that sort. Anyways, they fixed it and the problem was resolved. And later this story was told to the Vilna Goin. And the Vilna Goin was very impressed. Why? Because the Vilna Goin, besides for being a tremendous Goyen, he was also a very big, um... How do you say it? Uh, a bibliograph, someone he he delved in in in, in, Kisvayad, in manuscripts. He was a a researcher. He didn't just learn this farm That uh, that's what you have inside of the Gemara you have the Vilna going. He makes emendations to the Gemara also, and it seems that he found an, uh, um, a rear manuscript of a Talmud Yerushalmi. If I remember correctly, the story is from a from a library in England. And that, this remedy, which Reb Zusha said, what, he found that in this rear manuscript of the Talmud Yerushalmi. And he was like, how would Reb Zusha know what it says in the Talmud Yerushalmi over there? And the answer that was given by one of the Rebbes or one of the Chassidim is that Reb Zusha knew it from the same place where the Talmud Yerushalmi knew it. In other words, uh, from the from the Ruach But he was a very, very holy person. Many, many stories are said about his humility and his simplicity. His, uh, he lived with a lot of uh, yusurim, he had a lot of suffering, which he completely, uh, they didn't register by him, because he had such a tremendous relationship with Hashem, and he was one of the people that Rebbe asked once again to write Haskama. So let's do this inside. Haskamas, the endorsement, the Haskama of HaRav HaChasid, HaMefursam, the famous Chasid, Isha Liki, a godly person. Is a, person. Is a person with, with like, tremendous... You just said something, and it didn't affect it. That's a great that. question, you, and I would advise you to uh, learn Perik, Chavav, and Tanya, and I have some classes on it online. Which what? Perik, Chavav, Chapter 26. And I, we probably talk about this story over there also. I don't remember for certain, but my guess is we talked about that story over there also. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's not about a coping mechanism. It's about a different perspective altogether. Kaddish, Yemar, like someone who um, you can say to him, Kaddish, Mereinu v'Rabbeinu ar-Rav Rav Meshulam Zuzul Okay, so that he writes, Himei, Bir-Oisiyis ha when I saw the manuscript, Shal-Harav Hai-Goyin, of the rabbi, the tremendous goyin, Isha-Likim, a godly person, Kaddish, V'toyer, holy and pure, Aspaklar Yehameira, a illuminating magnifying glass, V'toyva asher and it's great that he has done, Vasha Hifli Hashem Khastay. And Hashem has done tremendous kindness And placed it in his pure heart Lasis as Kallah to do all this. Another words, to write these uh, these these booklets, Laharis Am Hashem, to show the nation of Hashem the proper ways. Now, one thing you'll notice right away, which um, sets this Haskama and also the next one we'll learn aside from many others, is that he doesn't mention the Alter Rebbe by name. Usually when you're writing an endorsement, you say, I got for the manuscript written by this and this person, and here you're just writing in, in hints, the, the great going, the godly person. And that is because the first edition of Tanya was printed anonymously. The Alter Rebbe's name was not included. In fact, the first time that Tanya was published with the Alter Rebbe's name was only after the Alter Rebbe passed away. As long as the Alter Rebbe was alive, the Tanya was published anonymously. Why? The Alter Rebbe's humility. They did not have his name on it. And so that's why also, it was, uh, I actually saw today, a story, again, a Messiah Rebbe that the, when, the, when the Shliach, his name was Rebbe Yisrael, the Shliach came to the Rebbe Zusha and said, the Rebbe wants you to write his askama. He said, of course I'll write askama. And he says, the Rebbe says not to put his name in it. So he says, no, I'm not listening, I'm writing his name in it. So the Shliach said that the Alt Rebbe told me that if you write his name in it, I shouldn't take it. So he said, "Okay." What it say It was the desire of the author. He did not want to publish these. In other words, he was very happy just to have them released as unofficial, unpublished booklets. It's not his way to go about publishing his own works. Rak, however, Mahmas is his way because these booklets have been disseminated amongst all of the Eden And many different copies. By various different scribes. Now you have to remember, the olden times copies was not made was not by hand. Right? And because of the so many copies What happened was is that there are many different uh, mistakes that are being introduced, which is a normal thing. When one thing is copied and from another to another, there are many, many different, many, many different mistakes. But printing was around at that time. But it wasn't printed yet. Originally, Dr. Ebbe released them as booklets. Now, Dr. Ebbe wants to print it. But now, Dr. Ebbe is reworking it and he wants to print it. And he's saying, That's why right. does he want to print it? He said, Dr. Ebbe didn't want to print it. Because it's not his style, it's not his way to print his own works. However, because it was being transcribed and being copied, and many different mistakes were being introduced into the text. And as Chassidim note, the words he uses, he says, mishunim. Now the word, if you want to say various scribes, you would write What is Mishunim? Mishunim also has a different connotation. Mishunim means strange. strange. And uh, the reason for this is because many of the mistakes that were introduced in Tanya were intentional. Why? Because as we know, Dr. Rebbe had many people who were antagonistic, people who... Uh, are called msnagdim, right? The opponents of Chassidim, and they had an easy way to be able to um, <coughs> to, to discredit the Alter Rebbe, right? And that is, all you have to do is copy the Tanya, and if you're clever enough, and you can introduce a little, a little change, a few words over here, and a few words over here, and suddenly the whole the whole work becomes puzzle. They even say that the Vilna Goyen was shown a um, I don't want to say a forge, but a um, Doctor. A doctor. doctor, yes. A doctor, Tanya, which is what uh, which got him so upset. So that was one of the main reasons why Dalt Rebbe decided to print it, because once you print it, then, the, then that game is over. But as long as it was just being circulated by, by copy, that gave the ability to certain people to, to do some nefarious uh, um, games with, with the Tanya. So, so V'chukrach L'havi Hakontrei Sumaheim, Dalt Rebbe was compelled to bring the booklets L'beis Adfus to be published. The Heir Hashem Ashruah Hashuthim and Hashem has awakened the spirit of the partners. Haraihim, they are Harabani muflig the exalted Rabbi Havasik, Meren of Rabinu Arab Shalom Shachnabem and Meren of Rabenu Rab Noyah. So the Rab Shalom Shachna, the son of Noah. And Vareu Arabanya Muflig and the great rabbi. Havasik. So, these two people were partners in the printing, and they were um, inspired. They took these um, booklets and they, published them in, and they published them in the city of Slavita. In the city of Slavita, where there was a very, very famous um, Jewish publishing house for many years in the city of Slavita. Who is in Ukraine? My geography is not so great. It's somewhere in Eastern Europe. And the fact I had to guess it's either in the Ukraine or it's in uh, White Russia, somewhere in that area. Now, just an interesting uh, fact is that this Reb Shalom Shachna was the Alter Rebbe's son-in-law. The Alter Rebbe had a daughter whose name was Devira and she was married to this Shalom Shachna, and she passed away at a very, very young age. Um, there's a famous story behind it. At a certain point, there was a Kitrug in heaven. And things were not looking good for the Alter Rebbe. And Alter Rebbe, it was Nigzar and him that he was going to pass away. And Alter Rebbe's daughter found out about this Rebbe Zindveraleya, and she convened the Besdin. And she told the Bezdan that uh, I'm dying instead of my father. Mm-hmm. And three days later, she passed away. Three days later, and she left behind a child who was. She passed away in Simkivaleya, and she, 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 she left behind a child who was three years old. And that child grew up to be the Tzamech the third Lubavitcher Rebbe, the al grandson. So after, when the Altarebbe passed away, his son took over. And then when he passed away, his nephew and son-in-law took over, because the married his married his cousin. So the second Lubavitcher Rebbe was his uncle and his father-in-law, because he married the... So this Reb Shalom Shachna was the son-in-law of the Alter Rebbe and the father of the Tzemach Tzedek. Although at this point in time, the Alter Rebbe's daughter had already passed away. So it was, I don't know, you, you don't say an ex-son-in-law, but it was a few years after the Alter Rebbe's daughter passed away. So this was, um, he was one of the partners in the printing press. If you know, if you know Lubavitchers, I'm sure you bumped into a Dvayr Aleya or two. It's a very popular name in Lubavitch for this reason, because of her Messir nefesh on behalf of Chassidus, so that she's... Uh, it's, um, considered a very illustrious personality, and there are many names given Why after she her. About the kid she the yeah. or what she I think her father told her. Hello? No, no, I think her, I, I, again, I'd have to look at the story again, but if I, if I believe, their fa- her father told her. Or she got the feeling from her father. There was a certain time when the, everyone saw that uh, Alter Rebbe was in a very uh, <coughs> dark state. Yeah. I don't know if he t- said directly or she figured it out. But she said there was, uh, it was every Rosh Hashanah. And she said Erev Rosh Hashanah she took and Said the upcoming year, I want you to know that uh, I'm, I'm taking I'm taking my father's place. So the Eber writes the whole story. And the that Bezden, when the Bezdin was able to change the czar din, I mean, no. apparently so. And that night when she went, to, uh, she went. She wished her father a good yomtiv. It was the first night of Rosh Hashanah. She said, be quiet. She didn't want her father to wish her a good year. She didn't want that. And time Sangadalya, she passed away three days later. <coughs> yeah. So Lupala Tava, to this uh, to this good deed of, of publishing the Tanya and Marti I say Yasha Khela, I say Yashakya. Ah, however. And here's we get into the second part of the approbation of askama. And if you look in Old Svarim, you have this very often. And that is that uh, today we have copyright laws. And there's the Dina de Malchusa which means that if I print a safer, you can't tomorrow go and make copies of it and print it, because I can sue you in court. And not only can I sue you in court, but since there's the idea of Dina de Malchusa Dina, so therefore, um, uh, according to Halacha also, you can't do it, because Halacha honors and respects the law of the land. <laughs> Back in the day, there weren't really copyright laws, not in Eastern Europe, or, and... Halakhically speaking, the idea of intellectual rights is a very, very complicated topic. It's not so simple, because intellectual rights is not something which is tangible. I wrote a sefer, so what do I own exactly? What are you stealing from me if you go and you publish it? My idea? Can you steal my idea? That, does, that, does Allah recognize um, this concept? So this is something which is uh, fill of this form of tshuvahs are filled with um, the ta- uh, discussion of this. The chassam sefer talks about it, and there's a lot of... Uh, Rav Shol, what's his name? I forgot from Rav um, Lemberg, I'm sure, you forget his name. Rav Shol Natanzan, yeah. And he talks about it. Until today, by the way, Rav talks about it Rav Sholashu Rabbi talks about it. Big, big discussions about the copywriting and uh, intellectual property. Nehdi talks about it. Hidushet Torah. Sorry? Torah considered the property of Claudius. Oh, so there are those who argue that even if there is the concept of intellectual property, but that wouldn't apply to because there's idea that you have to teach for free. So then even, in other words, so there's some say that there's no intellectual property. Some say that even if there is intellectual property, but that wouldn't apply to But the problem is, is that there was a tremendous investment that would go into publishing these farms. And if, uh, imagine if one, one printer went and published a Sefer, and the next day, someone else went and published the exact same other sefer, which happened in history. It happened. But early, in, in, already in Italy, the, like hundreds of years before this, like 200 years before, and someone, someone printed a Rambam, and then a Goisha printing press, the next day, turned around and printed the exact same Rambam and charged one gold coin less. And the Rambam had to come out and say, you know, let to buy it. It was, it was complicated. It was, uh, so there's, another, there's two issues. One is intellectual property. and That's a whole... Sugya all for itself, this whole topic. And then there's another idea, which is sagas Gvul. Sagas Gvul means that you can't put someone else out of business. So this is not an issue of intellectual property, but it's an issue of respecting the fact that there was a financial investment put in by a publisher. And therefore, if you look in Askamas in the older Sfarim, they're almost invariably the end-off. And therefore, no one should print the safer and they'll give a month of years. Five years, ten years. And basically what the Rabbanim were doing is they were saying it'll take a certain amount of time for the publisher to be able to recoup his investment, the, his investment and maybe be able to also make a little parnasa. And after that you can, you can print it. Because again there was, this wasn't really about intellectual rights, but this is protecting the publisher from so this is here also, this is what's going to happen here right now. So Rabzusha writes Ah, however seven lines from the bottom Bara Alu b'leibam magor mesaviv the the publishers. They have a fear in their heart from those around them. Menat fusim, from the publishing houses. Asher rabu. There are many different publishing houses. Shadarkon lahasikul It is their way to damage and to uh, to injure. Hamu Sharim, those who are um, those who are doing the right thing. Ilazay therefore gamaro writes. Therefore, we've decided, to give a haskama la yarim ishes yadei vesragli, let no person lift up their hand or their foot, ligreim la hamatfisim haniskarim leil shum hazekhas v'shalom, to cause to the aforementioned publishers any damage gvul not to do basarges gvul, which means to negatively impacting someone else's business b'shun bayfen anyway, and therefore adam it is forbidden for any person litvayz hasefer hanal to print this Sefer of Tanya. Without the knowledge and permission from these printers, for five years, from the day which I'm signing below. Those who listen to these words of mine, should be blessed with all that's good. These are my words. Who's demanding this, for the purpose of... (coughs) <coughs> the honor of the Torah, Yom Yom Gimel. Today is Tuesday, Shemichbal Bay Kitov. The day when the, with the words, Kitov, it is good, is repeated in the Torah. We know that, right? That's for the, on the six days of creation. <laughs> Every day it says Hashem saw it was good, except for the second day, and on the third day it says it twice. Parsha's Tuesday of Parsha's Kisavay, which is right, right in the, towards the end of El, right before Rosh Hashanah, of Shnas Pidusenu, prat katan, the year Pidusenu, which is the gematria of nun Nunvav. So that, again, that would that would have been uh, the year 1796. L'prat katan. ha and signed by the humble one, the small one, mashul Mzusl, Ma'anapoli. So that was the Haskama of Rabzusha. By the way, I should have mentioned this earlier. And for those of you who are wondering, it's a little strange, why are we learning the Haskamas? Most people, when you learn a Sefer, you don't learn the Haskamas. But when the when the, pre- when the previous Rebbe, the Rebbe Sivitzak or Lubavitch, when he divided up the Tanya to be learned over the entire year, he actually included the Haskanas. So now obviously he felt that it's Salimuddin is important. If you look at the page beforehand, so you have some other, other, uh, other stuff written by some other, li- much later on, publishing information, and that is not included. So that we skipped that. But the fact that the Friedrich Rebbe included this, obviously, is a sign that he felt that it's important, So when you're learning Tanya, to also to learn the Haskamas. Okay, next. I have a now we're going to learn the Haskama of, again, the famous chassid, the godly person, the godly <laughs> the wisdom of a person lights up the entire world. This is a play on a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, the wisdom of a person causes his face to illuminate, to shine. But here, here he says, The wisdom of this person, a reference now to Rebbe, causes the entire world to shine. When I see the work of the, the holy work of the hands, of the author, the great Goyin, once again, anonymously, the name isn't written. Isha Likim, a godly person, Kaddish, Vatoir, holy and pure, Chosid, V'anav, a humble person, Asher Mikvar, which already from way back, Nigla Mistarov, his concealed greatness has become revealed when Yeshev B'Sheves Techakmuni, when he was sitting in the in the shade of wisdom, Eitzel Adineinu, Mereinu, V'Rabbeinu, goin Olam, by our teacher, again, also nameless, he doesn't say who the teacher is, but this is a reference to Rebdov Ber, the Magid of Mezritch. Vidala Mayim. And he... And he drew water. Me'er Mayim Chaim. From the well of living water. So over here, we have to try we have to try to figure out what he's talking about, who he's referring to. So some people say, Me'er is a reference to, is a little more of a hint to the, the Magid of Mezritch, whose name was Ber. So Ber is Me'er. But also, we know that... The, that um, the Alter-Rebbe also, he learned by the son of the Maggid, whose name was Avram. So Av- Avram and Meber, if you add a hey, it's, uh, you transpose the letters. Okay, so now, Yismach Yisrael, let Yisrael rejoice, be he divrei katshe. Hamachubar, when his holy words that are attached over here will be revealed. So again, once again, this is an allusion to, this is somewhat easier to understand. The Yisrael here is a reference to? The Balshem so, the Behuduleib is saying over here that now the Baal sorry? i sorry, who's he, he was a Talmud of the Magid. He authored a Sefer called Irha He was a very close. Oragon. Yeah, if I remember correctly, it's called Irha Gandos. yeah. He's buried in the same oil together with the, the Magid, the message from Zushav Annapoly. All three buried in Anapoli together. Good. <coughs> So the, the, the Baal the he says, is rejoicing with the publication of Tanya because his words are being revealed. So, lahavi L'Bes fus, And now the author is bringing this to, and he's publishing it, Lami L'Ama Hashem, to teach the nation of Hashem. Darki Kodesh, the holy ways. Ka'sher kol echod yechze. is Yisdvarav. And everyone who will look at it and see what's inside the words of Tanya, you'll see how holy they are. sarach raya. And we don't, I don't need, we don't need to have, uh, after saying the Alter Rebbe's greatness is so great, he doesn't need any proof. Rak, however, Mikshash kilkel ha'davar, that because of, we're worried about um, uh, the, the destruction and injury, that no one should cause any harm to the publishers. Basi, I have come, to give a, um, to give extra strength and warning, that no one should lift up hand or foot. Litvais, thats an expression from the Chumash, word, which Pari said about Yosef, that no one should no one can lift up hand and foot, or foot without his permission. So no one should do anything. Lift to print this Tanya Ad Meshacham for a period of five years. From the day below, whoever listens to me should be blessed with all good. These are my words. One who is speaking, who says this for the carved of Savay. So, the, both of these Haskamas were written on the same day, which is the Tuesday of Parshus Kisave. So, the Rebbe points out a few things over here. Number one, <coughs> as we see, there's a lot of hints going on in, the, in these in Haskamas. These and one of the, if you look by Rabzush of Anapoli, he writes, as we noted, that it's the yom gimel by baykitoiv, the day when you have kitov twice, and he writes the year of piduseno, the year of our redemption. And this, uh, and the Hudley also he wrote it on Tuesday. There's something special about that Tuesday and the year of redemption, the year of redemption is because we know that um, the the Shemte famously wrote to. Baal famously wrote to, um, to his brother-in-law, who lived in Eretz He wrote to him about how one year on Rosh Hashanah, his neshama ascended to heaven. And it went higher and higher and higher until his neshama entered the heichal, the chamber of Mashiach. And the Baal Shemtev went into the chamber and he went over to Mashiach and told Mashiach, when are you coming? That was his one question for him. I could have asked him anything in the secrets of Torah, he had one question. Bottom line, pressing stuff. We're waiting for you, when are you coming? And Mashiach told him, it was a long answer, but it boils down to when your Torah, when your wellsprings, when your ideas, when they're spread all over, that is when Mashiach is going to come. And Rabbi Hududu Leib says over here, Ka'is yisrael, that the Balshemtiv should rejoice, because the Tanya contains the springs, the Mayanesh, the teachings of the Balshem tif, and now it's being printed, is being disseminated, so this is the fulfillment of that of that chizoyin, of that vision that the Baal Shemtev had. And that's why it's connected with Pid Hussein, or connected with the idea of Gerullah, because Tanya is very much connected with the Gerula. Um Interestingly, you know, the, the Rebbe, in terms of innovative ideas, I think maybe we spoke about this once, maybe by Fabrengian, in terms of innovative ideas, out of the box ideas, I don't know if there were there was a Gadol B'Yisrael, ever, who, and, 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 who came up with as many innovative ideas as the Rebbe. And you can make an argument that in the last thousand years, all the innovative ideas together, of all the G'daylam, the Rebbe, probably um, at least uh, quanti- um, quantitatively. When I say innovative idea, I'm, I'm talking about things that are really out of the box. For example, we talk about, um, talk about uh, Obviously, um, you don't need me to talk about how great Afyemi is and how much, how many Yidin are learning gemara and finishing shas because of it, and the great schools of Rameyer Shapiro and and and, and it. But at the same time, everyone knew you have to learn gemara, and everyone knew that you have to learn that. That uh, you would go to anyone and say it's a good idea to learn gemara every day, a blot for sure. No one would argue with that. His genius was in systemizing it and making it into a into a. It's a system which everyone followed, and this way there is there is communal support for it. But the idea itself of learning Gemara um, a today is not something which is out of the box in that way. I'll give you an example for an out of bo- out of the box thing of the Rebbe. This is one of many. Obviously, you're walking over to Yid on the street and asking to put on film. It is one of them. But there are so many of them. One of them is something which seems a little bizarre even on the surface. The Rebbe wanted the tanya printed in every single city where there's a Yid in the world. If you look in the back of your tanya, okay. if you turn to, let's say, page uh, 520, five um, 518. So here you have from page. From page like 4 uh, 420, 418 or so four, four, from page uh, 417 until page 518, you have hundred pages over here, which is all the different places where Tanya was published, all the different every publishing of Tanya. So the last one over here, if you look over here, is uh, so this was print, this Tanya we have in front of us was printed 10 years ago. Touchsha um, 9. nine years ago. And at this point, they're holding by six thousand five hundred and seventy. So Tanya was printed six thousand five hundred and seventy times. This is ten years ago. By now, there's already many more. I remember as a small, little child. Who kept these records? Because to print it, you have to, to get permission and a number from the central kahas, the central. Because these are all, every every Tanya is printed by kahas. That's the publishing house. Yeah. So you have Tanya, and then Tanya and kahas, which is the publishing house, has many different. Um, locations. So, it has around 6,000 locations. So, you have one Tanya that, Kahos, the location is uh, Argentina. The other one, that Tanya, the Kahos, the location is in, in India, in Lebanon, in Egypt, and everywhere. If you go through this list, you'll find truly astounding places, just randomly, if you go through them. And again, when I, in 1984, I remember my, my father, who was a, a shliach in Michigan, one day he was a big simcha, a little Amira Fabrengen, who was a Fabringen? Me. My brother and my father, because that, that now Baruch Hashem there's a big Kehillah, or my father's a Shliach, but back then there was none, and he pulled out these big papers, because they, they, they printed these small Tanya's and you cut them up into little pieces, and they printed the Tanya in West Bloomfield, Michigan, and it was a big Simcha. Now, today to print isn't a big deal, but you have to realize back then to print a Tanya uh, wherever you are, half high, and they would go with these, these, these trucks, these vans, with printing presses in the back, and then you'd have to print it, and cut it, and everything. But that was what the Rebbe wanted. The Rebbe wanted a Tanyas to be printed in every single city where there's a Yid. That's what I'm talking about out of the box. You want people to learn Tanya, no problem. Print Tanya, ship them to every city. Why do you have to print it in the city? It's a whole, uh, it's a a ganzer matinish. What? The Rebbe, the uh, the outer Rebbe? No, no, the Rebbe, our Rebbe. Yeah. The Rebbe started this in the early 1980s, and the Rebbe asked that Tanya should be printed everywhere. Why is that? Because the idea of hafatza samayon is chutzah, spreading the wellsprings outward, and the rabbit doesn't say the waters of the wellspring. The wellspring has to be out there. There's a, not that uh, the tanis are printed in Yerushalayim and in New York, or China maybe these days, and then, they're, and then they're shipped elsewhere, so everywhere is receiving from another place, but the actual source, every place becomes in its own a source of chassidus. And that is a from a Mashiach, is that when every single place not only is a recipient of the teachings of chassidus from elsewhere, but actually every place becomes a mucker. An actual source, source for Chasidis. And this is based on this idea that Tanya is connected to Puduseino, it's connected to the idea of Mashiach and the idea of Afatsas, as you might have heard the, the words Afatsas Samayana spreading the wellsprings of Hasidis to spread the wellsprings of of the Balsemti. <coughs> and Rav Zusha makes a note over here that it was Tuesday. And not only did he say it was Tuesday, they both note that it was Tuesday. And Rav Zusha not only notes that it's Tuesday, but he also notes that it was a Yerim Shehuch by Kito'ev the day when Kitoyev was uh, said twice. What is the significance of that? So you could say it's just Yoyfi uh, Hamalitsa, it's a way of writing, you know. Uh, but we know when Sadiqim writes, there's no such thing as Yoyfi and There's uh, layers of meaning in every single word. I'm not sure if we spoke about this recently or not. The idea is, well, what is what what is the idea of Yoim Why is it that Kitoiv is set twice on on Tuesday? And it's actually connected also to the month that we're in, which is the, we're we're right now in the third month. So just like there's Yoim is there's also the third month, which obviously is a very special month. It is the month of Matan And if this, it explains. The significance of the number three. Every number has a significance. Every number has importance. <clears throat> you know, in you described it, there's a lot to do with numbers. A lot of things, a lot of things, share numbers, there's this gematria is because, the, gematria isn't a game, because every number has a certain energy to it, and when you have two words that have the same numbers, that means they have a similar energy to it. Every number ha- is, is significant. What does one represent, the number one? So the number one, Hashem, Hashem right? <laughs> Who knows one, right? One is Hashem. That's the easiest one to answer. <clears throat> what does the number two represent? Number two represents the idea of division. Or something else other than Hashem. There's something else there. And in fact, we know if we go back to creation, for in the days of creation, because that's what we're talking about over here. So you know it says and it doesn't say Yoim It says Yoim echad. Why? Because Hashem was yachid by elamay Hashem. was the only one. So one, rep- that one represents the oneness of Hashem. The second day, it doesn't say kitoiv. Why doesn't it say kitoiv? So as Rashi says, brings down from Chazal right there. Because in the second day, machlekes was created. Division was created. The waters were separated, and division is never a good thing. What happened was we had the separation, the higher waters, the lower waters, suddenly we have there's Hashem and there's something else. What does the number three represent? The number three represents the idea of shalom. Which is why shalom begins with Hashin, and Shin has three heads to it. Because then um, three represents shalom, meaning what? What is shalom? Shalom is not when there's only one entity. When I'm sitting alone in my house, that's not shalom. When I'm in a fight with someone else, that's also not shalom. If I invite someone else into my house, and I'm in a fight with them. But if I bring someone into my home, and we live in harmony, then we have shalom. What did we have? We created a new entity, just like a marriage. A marriage is you take two people, and you bring them together, and what's created is a third entity, which is a married. You have, first you had one person and another person, and then you created a third entity, which is a combination, the merging of these two entities. And that's the idea of shalom. The whole reason why Hashem created the world is because he wants Shalom. That's the purpose of everything. The words of the Ramah. The whole Torah was created to make Shalom. Meaning what? That Hashem originally first, there was one. Before the world was created, and on the first day of creation, there was Enid Meladai. Hashem Echad, Ushmai Echad. was only in, That's not Shalom. That's just Hashem. So what did Hashem do? He created a world that's represented by the number two. The number two represents the idea of Pirud, the idea of something separate from him. Why did Hashem create something else? He then gave us the Torah. And the whole purpose of the Torah is to bring shalom between Hashem and the world. In other words, to make peace. That the world, a world which seems to be something which is separate from Hashem, actually becomes expressive of Hashem. And becomes, in the words of Hasidus, a diraloi becomes a dwelling place, a keli, a vehicle, a vessel for Hashem, that shalom is the purpose of everything. And because it's the Torah which gives shalom, this I've definitely spoken about in the past, that's why the Yom of Shuas is associated with the number three. The only Yom that has a theme is the Yom of Shuas, a numerical theme. The Gemara says, M'seach the Shabbos, B'nich Rachmana, the Yahiv, Uriyan la La'amat l'isoy, Bi'achet l'isoy, Bi'yomet l'isoy, Aedet l'isoy. Gemara says that blessed be Hashem, who has given a triple Taira to a triple people on the third month, on the third day, through the third one. And the, as explained that he was given a triple tayrah the tahra is made up of tahrah Neviim and suvim, and it's given to a triple people, that yidon are comprised of Kihanim, Levim, and Yisraelim, and it's given the third month, the month of Sivan, on the third day of the Shleshishime Hagbalah. And through the third one, through Maisha Rabbeinu, who was the third one, he had the third, uh, third born, right. <coughs> so it sounds, r- and by the way, if you look in the Gemara, Reb Nisim, Reb Nisim Goyim, add, Goyim adds another bunch of threes that are associated over there with Matan Taira. So again, some people look at it in the Gemara and, oh, uh, that's cute. <laughs> look how cute that is. They figured out all these threes. What, but what does it mean? But if we understand really what the function of Taira is, that the whole idea of Taira is, is the is l-asi Shalom Ba'ilam is to bring about the Sham, this peace. And there's a world which was, as the Madre says, that it used to be, There's two domains. The heaven belonged to Hashem, and then there was the earth. There was two. And then in Ma'an the division between the heaven and the earth was taken away. And that's why, Hashem comes down in Arsinai, and then, Hashem goes up, and suddenly we're given the ability to make this world into a holy place, to make Shalom between Hashem in the world. When we take something in this world, and we make it into Adav Dusha, we make it holy. When we use something for a mitzvah, we're making Shalom. <clears throat> when Reb Anapoli over here references the idea of Yem Gimel Shubuch Chuch Ba he's obviously saying, and then he says right away, He's saying that the reason why Tanya is leading us to peduseno is leading us to the Gulu, leading us to Mashiach, is because Tanya also accomplishes this idea of Yoim Gimel Shukbal BeKitoiv. There's a double, the double toiv that comes. Somebody, oh, so go, going back for a second, so we had, on the second day there is no Kitoiv. Why? Because there's Machlokes. But the truth is that there is toiv to it. There is good to the Machlokes. Why is there good to the machlekes? Because what is the purpose of the Machlokes? It's, uh, it's supposed to end, end up bringing the Shalom. But the problem is that as long as there's Machlokes. You don't see the toiv there. The only When do you see the toiv that's in the machoikis? In retrospect, once you make the shalom, once you have the third day, once you have the three, now you have two times toiv. Because now you realize that the machoikis also was purposeful, the whole reason for the creation of the world, even though it seems something which is separate and distinct from Hashem, is to lead to the greater good, which is the shalom, which happens on the third day. So we're talking over here about the Yim Gimel, is because that is also a function of tanya. Which, you know, Tanya introduces the whole idea of Chodesh Chabad, and what is the idea of Chodesh Chabad? So we you know the whole Torah was given to make everything holy. Yes, everything was everything here is made holy. So over the generations, we've made many different things holy in many different ways, and Tanya came to conquer the final frontier. The final frontier is the human mind. That the human mind. Everything proclaims to be in this world, proclaims to be a mitzis. Everything proclaims and says, I'm something. I am me. I'm created for myself. I was created for myself. And what are we doing for thousands of years as Yidin? We're turning to the cow and saying to the cow, no, 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 no. You weren't created for yourself. You were created to, for, for, to make tefillin out of your leather. You were created so that I can eat your meat and thereby be makim the mitzvah of your So You're created so I can eat your meat and thereby able to have a geschmack afterwards and be able to learn our stichel Gemara. And we turn to the piece of wood and say, no, you weren't created for, uh, to, for yourself. You're created for uh, to be a table, a stander. Everything we're busy making. We're making Shalom and everything in the world. All those things that are originally there were so, there were things that were so to say against Hashem. We're coming along and saying, no, 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 we're making peace. But there was one final, one part of the world that yet wasn't penetrated. That was the human mind and the person who thought to himself, I am still a metzius, I am still something. I'm making everything around me, holy, But what about me, my own mind, my own chachma, and das? And that is what, uh, with the introduction of chassidus Chaban, and the purpose was that with chassidus beforehand, already from the times of the Bal Shem Tev, so already the heart. The heart was already being filled with Avas Hashem and yiras Hashem and Simcha and Betachen and Davening and filled with incredible middays towards Hashem. But the mind was still left a little outside of the picture. It was ignored, the mind. It was suppressed. The actual bitter, the actual um, elevation of the mind, where systematically and philosophically, we go through all these inyanim, of everything, of what the world is and what the Teira is and what the Neshama is and what Hashem is or as much as we can understand, till the mind itself begins to understand the idea of Eilid Movadeh and begins to appreciate the idea of Eilid Movadeh, not only the mind accepts it, not only that the heart feels it and the mind accepts it, but the mind actually can understand it. It becomes the philosophy of the mind. It becomes the way its perception is. That is what began with Tanya. And that is the Yoim Gimel Shukho the extra special Kitoiv, when the mind, the human mind, is able to become Bishalim with Hashem, and that is what brings about the Pedusaino. We continue to meet the next week. <clears throat>